Welcome listeners to Backyarders episode 4. This episode takes a different format to our previous releases. Due to scheduling challenges, I couldn't speak with Olga in real time. So instead, we shared some emails and Olga very kindly found the time to, to record her responses. At 15 years old, Olga has already been such a positive part of the Instagram astrophotography community for a long time, supporting and celebrating other people's work while she builds up her own equipment and embarks on taking her own deep sky images. I've been inspired by her tenacity from afar, so when I started this podcast, Olga was always going to be someone I wanted to talk to. I am so thankful for that opportunity, but there's a trigger warning now. Find some tissues. No, no, there are no sad stories coming. It's just that if you fail to be moved by what Olga has to share with us, well, you must have a heart colder than Pluto's. But seriously, Olga Witzler Ismail may just be humanity's greatest hope. I hope you enjoy her story as much as I did. had compulsive obsessions with some random subjects but when I was 13 I have started to watch some YouTube videos about science then I bumped into Carl Sagan's cosmos an experience that changed my life forever I have started to really dive into astronomy mainly cosmology and philosophy and many other intriguing subjects one of my father's friends Fabio Bettinassi helped me in the beginning of my journey. He told me that I could take pictures of nebula, galaxies, planets from my own, from my own backyard. And I, I was surprised and very excited to start. After a while, I got my first telescope, an achromatic F10, and I could see Saturn, Jupiter's moons, and some DSOs, as I live in a farm with Bortle for skies. I started, like most people, planetary astrophotography with my phone. It was also the time when I started my Instagram and Astrobeam. Uh, I had one of those super zoom cameras, the Nikon Copix, and it was my, my first camera and I could take pictures of the moon and many other things, but it wasn't a manual camera, so I got my Canon T6 something like almost three years ago and at the time I didn't have any photographic tripod so then I, I nailed a, a screw into a toy telescope with an altazimuth base which let me take limited exposures for, for a while but one day I had the idea of stacking several frames with very short exposures to compensate for the apparent movement of the stars then I have finally started and tracked astrophotography, which I did since, like, I think two years from now. In March 2020, I received an, uh, an equatorial mount, the Iki 32, as a gift from a friend of my father, which brought me new opportunities for deep sky astrophotography. Nowadays, I capture celestial objects from my own backyard. 
most of the time I do it just by myself. It's a bit lonely, but I got the company of my dogs, Toby, Pasoka and Laika. They bring me security, company and never bump it into my tripod. I tend to listen to music while shooting. Yep, it's always a super cool experience. My gear is currently the 75-300mm lens, which Fabio borrowed me, a Canon T6, and my equatorial mount, the Iki 32. Most people would consider it simple and limiting, but I think the opposite. But now, since January, I got the 200mm f2.8 lens, but I haven't had clear sky since I got it. But I have so many projects for this year, and I am so excited to begin shooting with it. For me, every single night is always memorable, but so far the best days are the ones I put on a headset and listen to music like Kraftwerk and other alternative bands. I also like to listen to classical music, and maybe one of my favorite imaging sessions was when I was shooting the M83 Galaxy. When my first single shot came out, my heart was like, oh my god, this can't be real. I can't be watching something like such a faraway galaxy on my screen. And oh my god, it was so exciting. It felt something like the first time I saw Saturn, which was like the same feeling. You, I, I can't explain it so well, but who, who, anyone who saw Saturn or a, a galaxy in a telescope knows what I, I am talking about. From rare celestial events to a monthly presence in our night skies, Olga takes us through the story of capturing Comet Neowise, a lunar eclipse, and finding ever-present beauty in the moon. Oh my god, Comet Neowise was one of my favorite experiences of all times. And yes, here in the southern hemisphere, the comet was already too dim to be seen with the naked eye. Even in a bottle foresight, I struggled a lot to find it at first. It was very low and the moon was getting brighter more and more each day. And I could see it with my small monocular. It's like just a binocular, but just one piece. And it was like 30, 150, something like that. And it was a small gray blob making a triangle with some stars in the field of view. It was so close to the horizon that uh, the capture was really difficult to make. My photo wasn't the best of all, but I was, oh my god, I was so happy that I had the, the privilege to, to see this interplanetary visitor. Like, it was so nice because, because I, firstly, I took it with my untracked equipment and I felt really nostalgic. And secondly, I liked the views of the mountains and everything, and it was my first image with the earth in its composite. And funny story, I made brownies and orange juice that day to eat while watching the comet. But the brownies got burned, and I unfortunately only realized it when it was too late to get another snack, so I had to eat the, the burnt brownies. Oh yeah, I, I was 13 at the time, it was 2019, January 20, almost uh, two years from now, oh my god, this this went so fast. And 
Oh, right. So I have just returned from a trip and I was exhausted, but I, I didn't want to lose the opportunity to see a lunar eclipse. It was my first and only eclipse I've ever seen until until now, because I, I saw the the solar eclipse these days, but I just have the chance to... This was my only total lunar eclipse I saw. And I woke up at 3 a.m. with my dad and we went outside with my Nikon camera. And I remember like just walking around my backyard trying to find the moon. I, I was like a, a very... I was a beginner back then and I didn't know how to find the moon like so bah, it's there but I, I had to I had to take some time to find it and when I saw it I, I almost had a heart attack the moon was so scary and it wasn't bright like at all it felt like somewhat an apocalyptic thing and the effect it has in the night sky is so different different from a, an unusual full moon it's like an HDR composite, you know. The Beheath cluster was close to it. I remember seeing it in the in the left side of the moon. And I I checked it on Stellarium and the star that's near it, it's Mi Cancer. It's the tenth most brilliant star from the Cancer constellation. It was indeed an unforgettable experience for me. I enjoyed taking pictures of the moon during daytime. Because I, I love the blue sky in the back and I, I just think it makes uh, something like a nice composite. And one day Michael Collins, one of the Apollo missions astronauts, like in one of my moon images on Instagram, I I felt so... Oh my god, I, I have no words to describe how I felt that day. But since I have started deep sky astrophotography, I didn't have time not even too much interest in taking moon pictures i don't know why but I, I i really should start doing it again this year because i'm i'm planning to get a, a new telescope a bigger one with that i can take pictures with it and i really want to do some mineral moon shots and some other like mosaics and everything else because i i really enjoy the moon i think it's uh it's something like a we, we are earthlings, but we got the privilege to have the moon. It's a, a super nice company for us. At 15 years of age, there are a lot of different things competing for our attention, whether it's school, social events, family commitments. I was really interested to find out whether for Olga, a youth was an advantage for astrophotography or a disadvantage or some sort of mix. Here's what she had to say. I'm a hobbyist. And I really enjoy to play guitar, I like to ride my bike, I like to play video games. Sometimes I distance myself from astrophotography and astronomy, so I won't burn it out too much. It's always great to distract yourself to keep in the flame in your heart burning. I had many times where I was into the mood and sometimes I was busy with school and some others I had to pay a bit more attention on, in other aspects of my life. But I feel now that astrophotography is something that's already part of me. So I feel it won't fade away so easily like any other hobby. I feel that every time I take a break, I get myself more and more excited to photograph and learn a lot of things again. That's such a great question. Being young in astrophotography in a 90% adult male hobby 
can be uncomfortable for some girls with my age. But I personally don't think it's uncomfortable, like, at all. I feel like I have uh, a bit more privilege to be to be a girl here because I get a bit more attention for getting away from the majority of the ones who practice this hobby. And I have the chance I had the chance to learn so much more, talk to people all around the world. It feels lonely to be in this world sometimes, but I love the Astro community. Everyone is loving and fun with me. And recently, I've joined Stella, a girls' astrophotography club. It's such a privilege to me to have those girls, and we can talk about everything. It's so nice to have some someone that looks like you in this hobby. It's very inspiring. And here in Brazil, I have some young friends. All of them are guys, but they are very nice guys, like really nice. And I I have not met them personally. But I will say their names because they are like really friends. And if anyone who is listening to this podcast, you can just search for the, their names on Astrovin and you'll see their image. So here it goes. They are Maurice Cristiano de Souza, Vinicius Martins, Luca Viola, Caio Vinicius and Alison Correa. I have not met them personally, but I think this year if things are getting better, I can meet them. Also with other Brazilian friends I got, right? And about the astronomy part, I see most people with my age are not interested in astronomy, like, at all. I don't have anyone in my school who likes astronomy or cosmology or science, like, they are just not interested in, in those things. But since 2019, I've been doing the Brazilian Astronomy Olympiad and I got a golden medal in 2019 and I got it I got a medal again this year and I am now invited to the international selection process I will have to study a lot to pass in this because uh, it's really hard and I am having some a training with uh, one of a magnificent teacher that I have now his name is Virgilio and he's helping a lot of people that are interested in astronomy to get good grades in those stats because they are very hard and I, I in this meantime I have been studying like binary systems, the HR diagram, gravitation and I see most people competing with me are extremely high skilled students and after all this means Brazilians with my age are interested in astronomy too it's just not it's just something that is not so common like, I, I see most people just prefer to spend their time on, on social media instead of, like, studying for something that's really hard and something that they do not have interest. With the Astronomy Olympiad, I, have the, I had the chance to, to see what actual astronomers study, what, what it means to have, like, true star motion or binary systems, and... I am so undecided on, on what career path to follow. I still have some years to think about it anyways. And whatever I decide, I plan to still let astronomy and astrophotography as my main hobby. After all, I, I fear that the process could ruin my passion for it, you know? Like, when I, when I, when I get something that's, that becomes an obligation or something that I depend on, I tend to not like obligations because I'm a bit of a, a rebel kid. and. Maybe I can study physics and grad on astrophysics or cosmology, 
or I could do something completely different. Only time will tell. I asked Olga what's made the biggest difference in improving her astrophotography until now. What are some of the challenges that she's overcoming and has overcome in the past um, to do astrophotography? And of course, the driving question of the Backyarders podcast, why she takes space pictures. Just listen to this. I would say it's a combination of them. The place I live in is a farm. It's a board of four. And I got to see so many stars in the the nighttime. And I also live in one of the highest places on Brazil. I live in 116, uh, 1,600 meters from the sea level. This is a lot. And I got a nice scene sometimes. Sometimes it's bad because of rain and everything, but sometimes it's great. But I got this huge privilege from people on, compared to people on light polluted places. And the people who helped me in my journey is maybe everyone who I have talked in this meantime. I made so many friends with so many friendships with super nice people. My parents also helped me together with some friends of my family too. Of course, I I have faced many challenging aspects during my journey, mainly because of limited gear. Because of that, I could explore everything I could do with a given equipment, and I try my best to explore the most out of it. If I didn't have faced those difficulties, astrophotography would be so easy and boring. (laughs) Yeah, what makes me excited about it is that you can always improve on something. Besides that, I live in a farm and sometimes I have to deal with some gigantic Atlantic frogs in my backyard. And I used to be so scared of them when I started. But now I learned that they are inoffensive and they are somewhat of my friends and give me a bit of company on summer nights. My answer is, if everything is meaningless, why don't take space pictures? We're all small compared to the astronomical distances in the universe. But this doesn't mean, like, at all, that we are useless or meaningless or something like that doesn't matter. One day, galaxies will be so far apart that anyone in the universe will be able to photograph distant galaxies. Another day, nebulas will cease to disap- will cease to exist. And another day, not a single supernova will be left. And the universe will cease to exist. And in some way, we are as ephemeral as the universe, but maybe only in different scales. I think everyone should notice how precious our chance to live in this earth really is. How lucky we are able to be born in a conscious body. And I think we should take this in advance and try to have the best times we can. Because you you only live once, right? And there are so many things to be appreciated in the universe. And I think we should spend our precious time admiring it. I am hoping for many, many things. I hope people find a way to end this horrendous disease. And I hope people start to realize how science is important and how we need to desperately end this misinformation, fake news and social media information era. Like... The internet gives us astonishing things, while it may cause some of our most difficult problems. There's a cacophony which makes anyone say anything they want and claim it as truth. This is something really bad for mankind. 
And for my personal astrophotography projects, I hope to upgrade my gear. Like I said before, I, I am planning to get the a reflector telescope. And I hope to get better every day. I want also to start doing mosaics and start planetary astrophotography and maybe write a book in Portuguese to make astrophotography something way more accessible and feasible in my country. You can find me on Instagram, which is Olga W. Ismail. And on Astrobin, you can just search for Olga. I'm probably the only Olga currently on Astrobin, so you won't find like so difficult to find me in there. Thank you so much, Todd, for inviting me for this podcast. I love it to participate and prepare my answers. It was such a nice experience to reflect and remember my journey on astrophotography and astronomy also. And for everyone who's listening until now, I wish you spend your day with your favorite people and have a lot of clear skies in 2021. So yeah, that's it. Goodbye. We'll be back soon talking to another amateur astrophotographer because it's the people of astrophotography who emit the most light. You can find out more on Facebook and Instagram under Southern Skies or SA underscore Astro. The intro music to this podcast is brought to you by Reed Mathis, a track called Night Sky, and the outro music is Space Lady by Slink. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 